think I've got, I've got all kind of uh, drugs in me right now. If I start going off, y'all like, I ain't this. We'll cut it. We'll cut it. I don't need, I don't need a lot of calls tonight. I did take some, uh, some, some DMU snacks or something. I'm trying to fight through this tunnel I'm in. But we'll be all right. A lot of good strength. But uh, we will touch on uh, 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then we'll go into 14. We'll dive a little bit into 15. The first one, first one, 15. But look, the lesson tonight is fantastic. We got the lesson on you. So I want to get to that as quickly as possible, but I do want to finish up um, last week. Uh, so, if we are ready, fantastic. I tell you what, let's open up in prayer. And again, I am thankful for all those that joined us this evening, this chilly evening. Um, I realize that some have already contacted me and are uh, out of pocket. We have a couple of sickness. We have some folks that take care of some other stuff. So I'm grateful for those that are able to make it this evening. I'm also grateful for those that join us uh, by way of Facebook Live as well. Um, let us pray and then we'll, we'll dive right into this. God, again, we just thank you for this opportunity and study. We pray you now, Father God, that all that we say and all that we do will be acceptable in your sight. Father God, we just uh, thank you for the faith. We thank you, Father God, that even now we're building up your people through your word. And so we just uh, we thank you, Father God, that we're in church that's in your will. Mm-hmm. And so we're praying that all that we do and all that we say will be acceptable in your sight. Bless these, my sisters and brothers. Bless those that join us by way of social media. And so, your son's sake, God, that we ask all these things. Give strength, Father God, as we study mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've already mentioned to those that are with us uh, right now, uh, we are uh, uh, fighting. Uh, you can tell my deep boy, I am not that deep, so you can tell that I'm fighting a little something. So that's okay. Uh, we'll be all right. We pray that I don't hack, hack all the way through this. So, so bear with me. Um, yesterday, or last week, and I just want to finish up uh, Romans 12 and 13, and then we'll dive into 14 and a little bit of 15. Um, I want to finish up what we talked about last week, but I wanted to get to a, a, a one or two quick points. That's why I did not want uh, to read it like I did last week. Uh, we talked about what last week? Right relationship right. means right living, right? Right. Okay, we talked about it with all this learning. It's got to add up into our walk at some point, right? Yeah. Um, and so we talked about the relational theology, that idea that in order for, and we talked about for circles, Circle of relationship, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that if this relationship right here is not right, none of these relationships will be right. If I don't have a right relationship with Christ, then all these relationships, my wife, uh, your husband, uh, children, co workers, whoever, is going to suffer. Yeah. That's that idea of relational theology. Okay? And so uh, what we talked about. Uh, what we talked about last week, we talked about, uh, when we kind of used the, uh, and it's blood mine, this is one of the folks that I was, I was kind of studying alongside, uh, we kind of used the idea of the circles, right? The first relationship within that circle right there is going to be my relationship with who? God. My most relationship. God. God. Right? And then I've got my relationship, that next circle is going to be my relationship with other believers. Right? And then it's going to be my relationship to who? Enemies. And then, and this is what we're going to talk about today, is my relationship to the state, to the government, right? And, and one thing, and this is what mine, if somebody else kind of picked up on this and I believe it, 
I can't skip any of those circles. Alright? And be effective. In order for me to be effective with you all in the church, I've got to have a right relationship with God. Alright? I can't have a right relationship to the enemies if I don't have a right relationship to the folks in church. If I'm not going to treat you right good in here or treat you right right here, I know I ain't great about here. Right? So all that kind of interplays in itself. Alright? And so we, we talked about again of the importance of all those relationships. Now I want to touch on the last one. I want to touch on this idea of the relationship to the state. And were there any questions from last week? I know we had a good time and we, we kind of left out of here. Um, so I want to make sure there were no, no questions that needed to be needed to be tackled. Alright, so let's um, let's look at this uh, last portion, our relationship uh, to the state. And that was that 13th chapter, right? And that's at verse 1 through 14. Our relationship to the state and the full reason that we do not rebel against the state. Alright, the one thing that we have to be careful um, we understand that, that, that Paul, in, our, in, in his convictions, he's not saying that we, we obey laws that are contrary to Scripture. We're not, we're not saying that. Alright? We can't go out here and kill folks. Look, let's, let's use an example. Um, in Nazi Germany, you can't do what Hitler told you to do and still be a Christian. Right? Alright? At some point, and there were some folks that, um, that stood up. In fact, uh, one of the famous ones, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, right? Was ultimately killed. I think, in fact, I think he was killed the same day that Russia um, made their way into Germany. He would have been free a day later. But um, uh, we, we can't do the laws that are contrary to Scripture. So don't say, don't leave here saying, well, I can just do anything. No, no, no. When it's contrary to Scripture, then at that point, it becomes um, on us to take a stand. Alright? Now, let's tie this into what we're at right now. Our relationship to the state and the four reasons that we do not prevail. We're right for wrath's sake. Alright? We understand in, in the first four verses that every soul be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Alright? So we all going to wrestle with where we're at right now. Yeah. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. But those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? And do what is good. Alright? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister. He is God's minister. So God literally ordains government. He's ordained government. Alright? Now, we, we can we can kind of talk about where we're at right now, even in this country. Alright? And I don't care where you're at. Red, I'm not asking you Republicans, I'm not asking Democrats, but I'm talking about where we're at. Um, there's obviously some dissension. Alright? And, and, and there's some question as to um, some of those that are in control, where they, where they stand um, as far as the government. Alright? One thing that I have said from the beginning, even when it first first came out, we're gonna put this on my heart after the first night when everything came through and most most of the world was surprised that we won. And, and you know, it is what it is. Um, the Lord 
put one thing on my heart, and I've tried to walk with that in the last three, three and a half years, um, is that look, as a child of God, I function. Mm-hmm. All right? That's part of what all this is coming down to, is that we're able to submit to the government, we're able to submit to the state, because ultimately this is not our problem. We're citizens of another, of another country, of another people. Amen. All right. We're called to endure some stuff. That's just the nature. That's the nature of it. And I, and the Lord told me that if you're going to leave, you're going to have to make sure that you understand that you don't lose your life. Mm-hmm. And, and and early, I had to start backing off CNN. I had to, I had to mm-hmm. stop pulling away from social media at mm-hmm. the time. Yep. And I can tell look, I've got some folks that are close to me. I can tell them that you need to back off that. You're a child of God. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you getting ready to lose your mind over this? <laughs> and look, let's be honest, we're talking about from a historical standpoint, if you really want to be honest, uh, how many in control have really been for, for the people? That's right. And if you're talking about the black community, how many presidents have really been for the black community? Maybe three or four? Maybe. So now you, you, and that's it. So now you're telling me you're getting ready to lose your mind just because you're more honest than others? So, so we understand again, for rash sake, uh, that we don't prevail, right? To resist the laws, to resist God, and invite punishment. But we also understand for conscious sake, uh, we don't we don't prevail against it. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscious sake. But because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, and continue continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, and fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. All right? And again, um, we, obey, we obey sound laws to maintain good conscience. All right? There's, but there's, there should be an imprint on all children of God. Uh, yes, we fear government because, look, I don't want to be downtown. But I also understand that I have a responsibility. Um, also, as a, as a leader and a child of God, I have a responsibility. But there's some stuff that I don't say, and I want to say it. But there's some stuff that I don't say because I understand it of where I'm at. I, I've been telling folks, Matthew, for you, respect the office. Mm-hmm. And look, I want to cut some time with you and kick some stuff with you. I want to post some stuff on Facebook. <laughs> the Lord said, no, 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 no. Respect the office. Mm-hmm. And if you, as my as my child, as my leader, if you can't respect the office and the folks that are looking at you and watching, then I respect the office. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we also see that we uh, we do it for love's sake. Right? The basic principle of Christian life is expanded to others besides government right here. Look at 8, 8, 10, 0. No one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in the same name. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Ten, love does not harm, does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. If you love, you can always trust the law. That's why in the Old Testament you don't see them talking a whole lot about the man, right? Because mm-hmm. if you love, you got it. Mm-hmm. So our motives for obeying God and helping others is the love of Christ in our hearts. While some equate practices boring to owe no man anything, Paul is actually referring to the human heart and God's establishment of the world. 
right? And then the last part is for Jesus' sake. We do not rebel for Jesus' sake. 11 through 14, this is what I'm talking about. Where our minds, our minds are, are, are past all this. But, um, not only that, right? There's some stuff that shouldn't get us because we understand that it's not coming. And I don't mean that we don't have some difficulty. I don't mean that we don't wrestle with some stuff. But a child of God must understand that we've got we've got eternal lenses that, that, that we, we we push all this stuff through, right? But there's um there's some eternal ramifications that keep me from from cussing some folks out. God is saying you you really want to you really want to go ahead and get high fives for about five minutes. And 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 and, and get in danger and stuff on eternal on eternal end. He said, "Be good to go through the spike that meets you." Yes. And there's a witness in there. And that doesn't mean that I just I, I would raise my hand and look for folks just to smack the dog out of them. <laughs> but I'm called to endure. And if a pastor can't endure some stuff, then some Christians can't endure some stuff. We got it. If, if every time something happens to us, we fly off the hand. Mm-hmm. What's that footage right here from the field behind us? Mm-hmm. We are called to be awake. That's First Thessalonians 5 1 and 11. <coughs> Excuse me. We are called to be clean and not found in dirty garments of clean return. We cannot be in the central pleasures of the world. We are called to grow up. We put on Christ when we become more like Him and nourish our, our inner. Being. A lot of those right there, they're, they're alluding to this idea of this readiness. You read that first Thessalonians passage, it talks about that being ready. There's some great parables in the, in the New Testament, right? That, 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 that point up this idea of, of those that were not ready. Right? So there was one, I guess in Luke, I think. They ran off and they, they didn't have their, uh, their lamps. And they had to go get some oil. They ran to go get that oil. Instead of being prepared and, and running off to get that oil, they, they got shut out, right? And the same thing with, with us. Um, with many of us, we, we find ourselves not prepared. And, and all of Romans says there's no reason for a tipsy time. All right? All right. So let's let's stay on. Let's go ahead and, and, and move on to the next one. Um, any any questions? <coughs> Should be able to finish all the next year. This this right here is a good. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about unity, and and hopefully we talked about unity the entire time. But but Paul now, um, and, and really we're talking about what under the uh, under the heading. This is the last part of Romans. Romans we're talking about the heading of service, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and Paul is now going to pull out of this an opportunity to talk about the unity in the church. Of course, we understand that he's talking about the Roman church right now, right? He's dealing with the Roman church. All right? And the problem, um, I heard one theologian I was listening to earlier, he said, um, almost what you have is a is a social experiment. All right? For the first time, you have the Gentile, really the Gentile church, and then the Jewish nation coming together. 
We've seen bits and pieces, right? I'll leave you talking with the young people. We were talking about Ruth downstairs. And, and Ruth was what? A Moabite, right? Mm -hmm. But that was that was unique. Right? When you talk about the lineage, even of David, even of Jesus, to see a Moabite woman right there, that was a unique situation. That was not that was not standard, right? Mm -hmm. So what you had for the most part in God in the Old Testament, he set the Israel nation apart for a reason, right? Now we're seeing under this new covenant, we're seeing we're seeing some new beginnings, right? It's no longer the nation per se; it's the church, the church age, right? And so we're seeing now the melting of the Jewish, the Israel nation, and uh, and the Gentile Christian. In fact, in Rome, you've got more what? You got more Gentile Gentiles. The Christians at this point that you do um, it, it, um, Jewish Jewish Christians, all right? And so with that, we're having some disunity. We're having some disagreements. So while you're so while we're studying this, you need to first understand that the disagreements. Okay, let me, let me make sure I understand. Uh, make sure we get this. I always tell you, you first have to understand the lesson as it was first presented, right? right? So Paul is writing this letter for that reason, right there. Then we're gonna uh, we're gonna see. Okay, how that applies to us. So there's some principles that Paul is going to um, deal with right here. And that's where we're going to uh, pull into 2019. All right, we know we showed up. That's what this is. So really, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about uh, what I, I think I got a good idea where he's going to lead me this Sunday. Uh, but really, when you talk about a lot, Paul sums it up by really uh, mind your business. <laughs> and really, when you talk about this station right here, it's minding your business. I might have just gave my title on the phone and really tight. What we're talking about when we talk about the disagreement, we're not talking about scriptural sound um, doctrine. Right? We're not talking about um, this idea of righteousness. We're not talking about we're talking about <coughs> the gray areas, if you will. Mm. Alright? And it's really the gray areas that tear most of our churches apart. We're talking about stuff that has nothing to do with Catholics. Right. All right. We're talking about stuff that that, that is little bitty stuff, but about this church, the seat that I've been sitting in and my mom been sitting in for forty five years, and now so and so wants me to scoot over here. What was this reading for? All right. So this unity has always been an issue with God's people. You can you can read the Old Testament and, and, and get that right. Mm -hmm. That's all through the Old Testament. All right. Um, in, in, the new in the New Testament church, we see the same thing, right? In Corinthians, we have this division over the leadership. That's that reference right there, right? That's Paul. That's a Paulist not there, right? You have some folks in Paul's, uh, uh, who was that? Yeah, yeah, Paul. Some others following them, and, and others following this leader. And, and Paul is saying, what, what in the world are you talking about? Um, and then you've got the Galatians dividing one another. You got the Ephesians reminding of Christian unity, and you got Philippi or Philippians that talks about two women were at odds. So even when we're talking about all these churches right here, we're dealing uh, for the most part um, with, with uh, unity and issues. Much of the problems stem from the different backgrounds of the Jewish and the Gentile believers. All right, again, let's paint the picture. The Jews are coming out of a situation that was very ritualistic, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, many of the Jews, uh, and that's what the book of Matthew uh, deals with, the, the, um, uh, the Jews are trying to say, how can I embrace this Jesus thing and still keep my Jewish heritage? Mm 
In fact, many of them wrestle with that today. How can I keep? Uh, how can I still be Jew and accept Jesus? All right. It's the same thing that you're seeing right here. All right. I want to keep my Sabbath. I want to keep my dietary stuff. At the same time, I want to. I want to embrace Jesus. All right. And so now you're pulling the Gentile. You're pulling the Gentile church. You're pulling us. Look at the back. Look at us right now. We'll do just about anything. Ain't 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 nothing sacred with us. <laughs> and so now you got the clash of that right there. And so now, how do we enjoy? How do we enjoy church service? All right. How do I stop uh, fighting with him because all he eats is vegetables? And so I'm looking side eyeing him. And Paul is saying, uh. We want to be the church that God called us to be. We've got to put that stuff aside. Alright? So let's let's look at this. So the church at Rome was divided over special days and special diets. Again, we know we, we study the Old Testament. We know there's all kinds of special days, right? Mm-hmm. You go through the benefits, you go through all this, all kind of stuff. Um, and then the special diets. We talked about we, we discussed that a little bit as well. Alright, even in the first church council in Acts 15, right? That's what they were debating. This idea of the relationship and how we're going to have an effective church with the Jewish end of it and the Gentile. How are we going to blend that? So the first church council dealt with that and we're still dealing with that today. The believers began criticizing and judging each other over issues. And then I've got a question right here. We don't necessarily have to um, deal with this too much today. All right, really what we're talking about is kind of our our overarching thing, but one of the great areas of life that we argue about right now is believers. Think about that. And again, I'm not talking about um, is Calvary real. I'm not talking about when we're talking about scriptural issues or doctrinal issues. What I'm talking about is the gray areas that that that, that um, do not have uh, doctrinal ramifications to them. What are we What are we arguing about? We've had denominational splits. Yeah. Right? Denomination. Over washing of feet. We've got denominational splits over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it could technically turn into some doctrinal stuff, but even the state might. You had doctrinal splits, you know, you had church split because of that. Um, You've had, you still have a lot of arguments over, over women preaching. A lot of stuff again that's not necessarily, and, and don't pull attack, don't call me. I know it comes down to it. You can get to some doctrinal stuff, but, but in and of itself, it's not a doctrinal issue. Yeah. Same thing with the Jews. The eating, the diets, and all that, it's not a doctrinal issue that they're still fighting over. Alright? <coughs> Paul provides principles in our guidance on dealing with non-essentials and maintaining unity while in the church. He talks about three things in this passage. Receiving one another, edifying one another, and pleasing one another. Alright? So 14, uh, 1-12, it deals with receiving one another. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to, dis- not to dispute over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak in his own vessels. 
Right? Let me read it. Not, let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received, has received him. Alright? Uh, this idea of receiving one another is actually going to start and end of this right here. The weak in faith feel obligated to obey legalistic rules. Food, worship locations, stuff of that sort. And when we talk about weak in faith in this passage right here, we're actually talking about those Jews who still um, hold to uh, the, the ritualistic stuff. Okay? We're not talking about, we're not saying that Jews are weak. We're just saying that those are those that still believe you have to tack on some stuff. Because we've already dealt with this, this idea of sanctification, right? And justification. Ain't nothing you can tap onto it that's going to add, that's going to make you more justified and make you more justified, right? So me saying, and, and look, I'm not after the diet. If you don't eat pork, you don't eat pork, that's fine. But me saying that I'm not going to eat pork and that makes me more holy, you're off. Alright? And look, I used to, and I used to be one of those for a while. I said, nah, I don't do the pork thing. I ain't have a reason. Grew up eating pork. I heard and mixed some stuff. And, and a couple of Muslim cats I was running with, they weren't doing pork. It was cool in the, in the mid-90s to, to not eat pork and tell folks that you don't eat pork and be proud that you don't eat pork. It had nothing to do with being closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ, we halfway get to argue with folks. Some folks, you eat pork, you know, you know pork, you know all this? Look, God himself said that what God has made clean, that no man call it. That's right. But big tempers and all that. What's that? Big tempers and all that. Yes. Absolutely. And so we have the weak, we have the weak Christians, the weak in faith, they thought out there to obey the legalistic rules. The other weak Christians were those who clung to the law were judging and condemning the strong Christians, right? So you had the strong Christians, most of Gentiles, who understood the liberty that now came to walk in Christ. And it was probably a little easier for them because they did not come out of that situation where it was tied to diets and all that. Okay? So we're not necessarily saying that Gentiles now are stronger than Jews. We're not saying that. We're just talking about that uh, for the most part you had a lot of uh, immature Jewish Christians at this point that felt like there was something needed to be packed on. Alright, so that's where we're getting at. So, and then the strong Christians were despising the weak. So that's what we have right now. Right? We have both of them that are side eyeing each other. And we're talking about church unity, we don't have a church unity. Alright? So Paul invites the readers first to welcome one another because God has already received us. We talked about that, right? It's not our responsibility to decide the requirements for Christian fellowship. That's when we get in trouble in the church. We put our little man made stuff on what on what uh, uh, makes cedar top cedar top, mm-hmm. and we do have some local. We do have some local stuff. We understand that we're a local autonomous body. We understand that, right? right? But we also understand that if that's not peppered in scriptural stuff, look, if we get to the point that we only want uh, folks with the with a certain um, income level, we got some churches like that. I pray we're not like that. Y'all have to get rid of your pastor. <laughs> you got churches that are, with the blue blood, they only uh, let folks in with certain stats. That's man-made stuff. Alright? That's, that's, that's what Paul that's what Paul is talking about. It's not responsibility to decide the requirements for Christian fellowship. Man-made restrictions on the basis of personal prejudice 
not based on the word. Amen. Right? God received us and we should receive one another. This is a fantastic quote right here. I'm going to use it. In essentials, this is from St. Augustine. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity or love. Mm -hmm. Read that again. In essentials, unity. So things that are essential, we're unified, all right? In non-essentials, it's liberty, meaning that we have uh, we have uh, the Holy Spirit that convicts us on an individual basis to deal with that issue. All right. So again, let's go back to the diet thing. Um, I'm not going to say from the pulpit everybody who eats chitlins cannot come to see the top of the because they do not know the rules. And Lord knows I want to do that. <laughs> but I do that from the pulpit that I mess up. Man. <laughs> I know that's an extreme, but, but again, we see that. But that's a non essential. Right? I'm not gonna lose I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and argue with folks about wheat pork. Wheat pig. Right? And then in all things charity are love. Right? Peter failed to obey this concept when he refused to fellowship with the Gentile Christians. That's a good one right there. I'm gonna pick that one Paul, uh, uh, Peter, right? You know, Peter was he was running with them, he was buddy buddy with them, and the Jews from Jerusalem showed up. And what did Peter do? When they showed up, Peter stopped, he stopped eating with them. And Paul himself had to come and Peter, Peter's an apostle. Peter was precious, he was an apostle. Paul himself had to call him on the floor. He said, Hey, we're dying. As soon as James and all these folks came in. Then you started, you were eating lunch with him. And now, now you won't eat with him. Right? God has received both the strong and the weak, and all should have received one another. Paul invited the readers to welcome one another because God sustains his own. For who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will, make, he will be made to stand for God. For God is able to make him stand. Alright? And again, now we're talking about. God's sustainability. Alright, and, and I, I, many times I have some folks uh, come to me, um, you know, a reverend, uh, how do you feel about this right here? And I think sometimes they want me to tell them A, B, C, D, E, and F. <laughs> you know, a couple reasons why I don't sometimes A, B, C, D, E, and F. You ain't come back to me and tell me I'm messed up. But I'm sitting there and say, well, now you know the Lord. Talk to him and tell me how he's doing. Just come about a week or two, you let me know how he's doing in that direction. We're the priesthood of all believers. Alright? And there's no set list for us to follow. God deals with his, he deals with his believers individually. And all of us have the opportunity to go to God and let him speak to us and speak to our conscience. But there's there's some situations where um, God has told us to stay in the marriage. Oh, yes. Alright? And so now for the, 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 the me as the preacher to say, no, but you stay right there. He's beating the brakes off. And, uh, and, and, and the marriage went on as to start with. And then for me to come and say, no, 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 stay right there. The Bible says don't do it. Uh-uh. I said, how does the Lord lead you? 
again, that's an extreme situation, but, but, but look, we, we all have the ability to talk to God who talks to us through the Spirit. Right? So make sure make sure you understand you understand that right there. So God sustains his own. The strong, the strong judge by the weak are wrong because they are not God. Right? God is the judge. He's the only judge that's able to make us stand. Our success is not dependent on others' opinions. We can talk about that for the next year. Folks' opinions throw us off. This this idea of service is just Christians need to be busy serving the Lord, not condemning other Christians. That's that preach right there. Mm-hmm. Say that again. We're going to talk about that. This right here is talking about mind your own day on business. <laughs> <laughs> this is saying that you should be so busy that I don't have look. There's some stuff that they they may be doing, there's some stuff that you all may be doing, but I've got so much going on that the Lord gives it to me to, to deal with it, to preach it, and so be it. But look, I've got so much going on and so much in my in my own situation. I can't be dealing with y'all a nigga a diamond and wondering about who's doing this and who's doing that. Amen. So we do, so we receive one another. Paul invited the readers to welcome another because Jesus Christ is Lord. That's five through nine. You're gonna see the word Lord in here a whole lot. One person seems one day above another. Another seems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observes it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day, to the Lord. He who does not observe it, he eats, he eats to the Lord. Now we're talking about believers, right? Where he gives God thanks, and he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and give God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, and he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Lord is Lord on both sides. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. This side is eternal. And if I'm doing it, and now we're talking about believers, we're not talking about non believers, we're talking about believers. So take this situation again, this diet situation. Even those weak Christians that were immature, they have the opportunity to grow. And so right now, their conscience is telling them they can't eat pork, or they have to keep the kosher diet, then they're doing it unto the Lord. Alright? Same thing. I could be eating all the pork in the world, and I can't be gluttonous. But I could be eating all the pork, alright? I could still be giving God the Lord. Alright? That's what he's talking about Right there, if your conscience is right, then I'm not going there's no reason for us to divide a church on that right there. Alright? And, and and not just dividing, I'm not just suffering you. I'm not just now, okay, now I'm not going to talk about you today before. I'm not going to side eye you, but at the same time it's going to let you kind of go down. No, no, no. That's not what Paul is saying. I don't suffer you, I embrace you and love you. And realize that that right there is it has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Look, there's some folks. Uh, look, oh, let's get some, some denominational stuff. Um, uh, there is no way I'm going to sit here and argue with folks that that, that may be of uh, uh, Catholicism or maybe of Methodist mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm a husband going about my business. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and argue about that stuff. Now, there's some doctrinal stuff that we need to deal with, so be it. But you 
you got some of us that are still dead set on a little hate folks just because they're not missionary Baptists. There's only some more people in heaven. Missionary Baptists are not the only ones going to be okay. Amen. Help you out right now with that. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah if, if you think it's just going to be missionary Baptist in heaven, it's going to be a real surprise. You may not be there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you slide in, you're going to look up and go, like, I thought we was missionary Baptist. I was just Southern Baptist. <laughs> so Jesus is Lord. In this passage, you see it found eight times. No one can take the place of Lord. What makes food or a day holy? What what does it? Because how we relate to the Lord, not in and of itself. Right? Um, let me give you a good example. Lord's Supper. Right? That's a symbol. Right? And it becomes it becomes a, a symbol. It becomes sacred because how we attribute it in our remembrance. The crackers and the juice that are back there right now. You're going to swallow it all you want to. It's not holy. Alright? Same thing with the, with the diet and all that. Some practices in the church are traditional but not scriptural. We must allow Christ to be Lord. Amen. Our first responsibility is to be Lord. Paul invited the readers to welcome one another because Christ is judged. We've already got talked about that. 10 and 12. But why do you judge a brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, I say to the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Alright? So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. He's my judge. Alright? So if I'm sitting here judging both now and again, that doesn't mean in the church we can be laissez-faire. We have a responsibility to deal with scriptural issues. Right? So that doesn't mean now that, okay, well, Reverend said we just come on here in your way. No, no, no. If we're talking about scriptural issues, then we're called to, to deal with it, right? But we're talking about non-essential stuff. I'm not going to judge you on that. Now, there may be some stuff that you get judged on later with, with Christ. Now, this judgment right here is again believer. Let's see if we can listen. Is this going to judge, this judgment right here, is it going to determine if I get into glory or not? Right? Mm -mm. I've already been justified. Right. So this judgment right here, that's when we talk about dealing with the crimes. Right? Mm -hmm. That's dealing with rewards. And all that. Okay? So the judgment is not for sake of the believer. It's, 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 it's not it's not gonna be a salvation thing. So let's make sure, let's make sure we understand that. Our sins will not be brought up against us. They said second floor. Uh, I like this bullet right here. This is weird. This is not mine. The Lord blesses those that we disagree. And sometimes we got this idea that we're the only ones going into heaven. And it's only our ideas that gonna get somebody to heaven. That's wrong. That's yeah. wrong. So we receive one another, and then we also edify one another. 13-23. We have to be careful that we're not leaving each other alone and let the weak remain. That's what I was saying. Now it's, it's not... We are... We're the church militant. Okay? And that means that we go on the offensive. 
So me knowing that my brother is failing and just letting him fail, that's not that's not Christian. Now, I don't get I don't let some folks grow on their own. See, some of us nitpick nitpick folks to death. It has nothing to do with them. It's us trying to work our way into heaven and show folks how old we are. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you don't want to get in everybody's business. But at the same time, as look at Cedar Top, it's our responsibility to create an environment for folks to grow. Yeah. All right? So this right here, we edify one another. The emphasis, again, is not on master servant, but on brother. If we love each other and have brotherly love, we will seek to edify one another. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, how do we help? Christians affect each other. 13 through 15. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to be a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. It matters how we treat one another. Yeah. And most of us know that. Most of us know when we hurt folks. And, and truth be told, some of us we do that on purpose. Uh, there is nothing unclean of itself. What something does to, to a person determines its qualities. Alright? So again, let's go back to the fourth. Alright? For an immature Christian that may be that, that may feel, and I'm not talking about anybody who does not get spoken to them too. Don't talk, don't call <laughs> What I'm saying is if you believe that you're not getting forth as to your salvation or as to your Christianity, then that's immature. That's that's what I'm saying with that, right? Um, so then that right there, we know pork right of in of itself is not there's nothing bad about pork in of itself, but then that becomes a qualifying element right there. Alright? So that's 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 what we're that's what we're talking about. What something does to a person determine its qualities. If pork trips me up because of my conscience, then pork becomes an element right there that I need to deal with. Whereas somebody down the street, pork may not do anything to it. The question is not how it affects me, but how it will, how will it affect my brother. Alright, so now let's pull it in on how do I how do I make this thing work? Um well, let's go back. Let's go back to the diet thing. All right. If I'm if I'm with someone that I know, um, diet is a big deal. Last thing I do is raise my hand. Let's go back to the chips and, and get a big plate of chips. And I may love chips, and I know chips are not going to send me to hell. But if I know it really is affecting someone that is dealing with this, well, let's give you another one: alcohol. Alcohol again will not send you to hell. Alright? You've got your pastor telling you that. What we, we, we do know with the overconsumption of it, don't, don't stop me saying reference and sin. I can get no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I also understand that I have some folks that are close to me that are alcoholics. And so the last thing I want to do, and I'm and I'm free, I know that I go I can go to Applebee's and give me a glass of wine and be okay. I could. But I also understand that I have some folks that struggle with alcohol. And so what I've decided, I've decided that I won't drink the alcohol. 
Because I don't want it to be a stumbling block to somebody who may be watching me and saying, well, hold on now. Brother's over there got him a tall glass. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have the folks that are really wrestling with that. And I don't mean I can't be perfect, but I also understand that, that that's one thing I decided a long time ago. I'm not going to allow that to be a stone for y'all. When y'all see me in public with a wine glass of wine, y'all better pull me to the side. Something that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, that's the thing right there that I'm not. Christians affect each other. And also, Christians must have priorities. I was trying to get y'all out of here earlier, I'm sorry. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right? For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved in men. You sum it up by saying we cannot major in the lives. We focus in on the eternal, not the external. Right? Mm-hmm. Our spiritual priorities are, are essential to the harmony in the church. There's some arguments that we should not have in the church. There's some stuff that's been brought to me, and I'm saying to myself, oh, really? That's what you're going, <laughs> that's what you're going to bring right to me two minutes before the service. Mm-hmm. Really? We're talking about being a group unified. Some stuff, because we're pointing to something greater, should be a trip or Then also, Christians must help each other grow. 1921. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not. Destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine, nor do anything by which a brother stumbles, or is offended, or is made weak. Alright, he pulled that he pulled that food thing back in, right? The strong needs to grow in love, and the weak needs to grow in knowledge. The strong and the weak believer need to grow together. Alright? Must deal with those weak in the faith and their immaturity and create an environment to allow growth. We talked about that. The weak must learn from the strong, and the strong must learn must learn to love the weak. Mm-hmm. Alright? We all are at different points in our walk. Mm-hmm. That's all of us. All of us in here, you know, pretty much the same age, all of us are at different points. Mm-hmm. And if we don't embrace each other, and we don't understand that, we're going to be a, a church with, uh, with a lot of problems. Yeah. Christians must, must not force their opinions on one on others. 22 and 23. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. This is a good one right here. I kind of wrestled with some of this. Areas of disagreement cannot be the test of our fellowship. Alright, we understand that. No Christian can borrow another Christian's conviction. Alright, you cannot violate one's conscience. So I was listening to a gentleman, and and he brought, he brought up a good point. Now I want to chew on that a little bit, but I, I think I see where you're talking about. We are again the priesthood of all believers. Alright, and if in your conscience 
the, 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 the pork is not what you do. If it's my thing to come in here in the, in the next 365 days of the next year to get you the pork, I say that. So now I've taken a non-essential and I've made it I made it an issue. And then if you go against your own conscience just to please me, yeah, you messed up. That's what this passage is saying. We must not force our opinion on others. Let's be flipped. Let's think about the stuff that we've done that we know we shouldn't have done. And because God again has that and imprint. Because we're his, mm. we will allow the opinions of others to move us. And it shouldn't have been the opinions of others. It should have been my faith in God. Mm. Alright? And my stance, let me put it that way, my stance in him, it should be the most important thing. Not how Sister Dottie, and I, I ain't got a problem because God likes it. Not how Sister Dottie feels about me in the future. Not how Sister Vicky feels about me and her pastor. That's important. Nothing wrong with that. I pray they I pray they think I'm okay. But if that's what I'm making my if that's what I'm going to bed with every night on their opinion, then I'm wrong. Then I'm wrong. And the last one, edify one another. And receive one another. The last one is going to be please one another. And that's going to be 15, and then we'll get out of here. 15, 1 through 7. Please one another. Bearing other burdens. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. 3. For even Christ did not please himself, but as is written, the reproaches of those who reproach me, who reproach you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, many, now may the God of patience, comfort, and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may, with one mind and one mouth, glorify the God and the Father of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another, just as Christ has also received us to the glory of God. Alright? We're going to deal with this. Paul deals with selfishness. True Christian love is not selfish and seeks to, sh seeks to share. Christian love carries younger Christians to help and to develop. We do not endure per se, I'm already talking about that, but we encourage. We measure our sacrifice by what Christ did. And again, as we look at Paul, he's, he's kind of dealing with this. Uh, some of us, sometimes we say, well, you know, I, do, I did this all week. And none of you all showed up. And so we're not really we're not really trying to encourage them to come work with us. What we're trying to show them is, well, maybe my walk as a Christian is a little bit better than your walk. And Paul is saying, that's what the psalmist is saying. Paul is saying, no, 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 no. My sacrifice is not compared to your sacrifice. My standard is Christ's sacrifice. I ain't never going to this. Amen. So if my thing is, I'm trying to beat Miss Jackie. I'm trying to figure out how many times Miss Jackie came to church and how long she worked. And I'm going to try to do a little bit more than her. Then I'm off. Then I'm off. Right? 
spiritual maturity is revealed by his or her discernment? Is there a willingness to give up rights that others may be held? And again, we understand that we have liberty in some stuff. Alright? I have liberty. I have liberty. I'll use it again. To drink the wine. To drink a glass of wine. I know that's not going to send me to hell. But I have to balance that against where my blood is. Alright? So that's the knowledge balanced with the love. That's bearing, that's right there. The, the subscript on our Bible says bearing other burdens. Yep. And encourage one another. Encourage God. Well, and, and I'm praying that that encourages Neil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. The sources of spiritual power to please others are the Word of God and prayer. The Word provides the patience and encouragement needed to grow. The local church must major in Word and prayer. And the best, one of the best examples for that is going to be in the Acts. In Acts, right? One of the first major, one of the main, first major issues in the church was the apostles were being fooled to deal with some everyday stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, no, 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 no. That word and that prayer is so critical that we need to do what? This is my Bible says. What do they do in this passage of Acts? They bring in the deacons, right? They bring in the deacons to deal with that everyday stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Deal with, the, with widows, deal with certain tables, right? And I mean, it's not important. And they're saying, no, 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 no. I'm called to deal with the word of God and teach. Same thing for the church. All right? If we're, we're not going to be the church that we need to be, if we're not in the word. The word is what edifies. The word is what gives us. If we're not in the word. Mm-hmm. So again, when Christians when Christians disagree, God, again, we just thank you. We thank you for this lesson. We thank you, Father God, for the, the nuggets. We thank you for the principles. And we pray you now, Father God, that it's not just about hearing, Father God, but it's about application to it. Mm-hmm. So place it in our hearts, Father God, as we conclude to the church. We'll just be a food of individuals, Father God. And so we just, again, thank you for, for this hour. And we thank you for prayer meeting. We thank you for all those that are faithful. We pray even now, Father God, for those that are with us. We pray for those that could not be with us, Father God. We recognize that so many had a heart to be here for whatever reason could not be. And so we pray for those that uh, are wrestling, those that are in the bed of affliction right now, those that are wrestling with sickness. So many on the body right now are wrestling with sickness. And so we pray for them. And so we ask all this. Amen. Amen. Amen.